nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 207, August 9th, 2019. 95 degrees on this day in 1947 and in 2010 when you would have been swimming in an aquaside free, aquaside weed. Free beach. I'm going to get it. There you go. And 46 degrees on this day in 1972. Those 70s were cool. And if you'll remember, that's when we were trying, we were being pitched that uh, there's global cooling, but that a blue planet on the cover of Newsweek wasn't scary enough. No, scary people. So we turned it into a red planet because red's, a, red's a, a color that makes you f- afraid. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore, of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushire. Now what? Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey uh, notes, get out the scan bucket. Reaver said the other day that less than 2% of families still farm. He was correct and should have stopped right there. As is his way, he went one step too far. Dang it. He continued and said that in the 90s, that figure was 40%. Unless he meant the 1890s, he was off by about 100 years. In one table, for example, figures on the number of Americans in farm occupations go back to 1820 when they were reported at less than 2.1 million, or about 72% of the American workforce of 2.9 million. By 1850, farm people made up 4.9 million, or about 64% of the nation's 7.7 million workers. The farm population in 1920, when the official census data began, was nearly 32 million, or 30.2% of the population of 105.7 million. According to the Agriculture Department estimates going back to 1910, however, the farm population peaked in 1916 at 32.5 million, or 32% of the population of 101.6 million. So that would have been 1912 was in the 30s? Wow. So I was, well, I was half, right? Should have stopped. And that that horrible movie that got mentioned yesterday, uh, where the hunt, uh, where rich liberals will go out and uh, shoot Bible reading people. Uh, Universal plans to continue that. I, I was struggling to remember a book. Uh, Tom Wilson, I think, provided the information uh, about man being hunted. It was is a theme in literature. I think the one I was thinking of is the most dangerous game by Richard Connell. And that was published in 1924. Okay. And it's been a long time since I read it. But it's, the guy was, I think, released on an island. I, I can't remember. But it was, it was really good. Again, having nothing to do with this dreadful current uh, production of a film that's 
going to glorify shooting conservatives. Well, and not to mention you hypocritical the, the, frauds. I hope a country. I hope the country turns its back on it. I'm worried about what you said. What if the country turns doesn't turn its back on it? It's a big hit. That's what I'm afraid of. And I went after because I had seen the trailer before we discussed it on the show yesterday. But then after the show, I went to go read some of the online comments. A lot of which were. We're ripping this production company for for producing this thing, but it's being the excuse being given for it is well, it's tongue in cheek. It's supposed to be no, 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 it's, no, no, it's, no. it's horrific. No. It's horrific. It's just another indication of our cultural decline. But not only that, but how out of touch can you possibly be, Hollywood? A uh, very Smokey the Bear is seventy five. I always say Smokey the Bear. What, what are you I feel I, to say? I feel I know Smokey. I, I've grown up with Smokey. Oh, you're saying instead of removing the, just Smokey I always bear. say Smokey the Bear. I do too. But in the Star Tribune today, the headline is Smokey Bear, a youthful 75. Uh, but I've always uh, I've always uh, obeyed Smokey the Bear. You have to. I never threw a cigarette butt into the woods or uh, left a campfire going. Uh, Smokey uh, was uh, came to us on August 9, 1944. When officials feared national forests could become targets in war. Six years later, the firefighters found a cub with severely burned paws and hind legs in a New Mexico wildfire. The cub was named Smokey Bear after New York Assistant Fire Chief Smokey Joe Martin. Oh, so there you are. I didn't know that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Only you. I don't remember this song. You don't remember this ad? No. Oh. Was it uh, Was it uh, Sam Elliott? Who was the voice? I have no idea. I think it was Sam Elliott. Why are we paying the family of uh, Jamar Clark? I had a I had an issue with that, too. Well, why? He, he, he was found to have attempted to wrestle a gun away from a police officer. Mm-hmm. And he was in turn shot. Why? Now an attorney for the family has reached a $200,000... Settlement. Why are we paying criminals? Well, not to mention they initially wanted the twenty million that Justine Damon's family got. They thought that that they were entitled to the same amount. Well, but you know, I have some emailers who are pointing out that this is rewarding illegal behavior with cash. What does this say to the street cops and to the entire city? It's a slap in the face. It's 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 extraordinary. We're gonna pay two hundred grand because this criminal got shot by the police. What were the police? How do how how are there, how are there ever going to be police in the future when you combine this kind of thing with the lack of respect for authority in this country? Mm-hmm. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of police in my life, mm-hmm. and I. I, because of your activities? Well, that, and I, I have... No, fa- no, I mean your illegal activities? No, no, I just encounter some. Uh, you know, I'm downtown frequently, and I, I've i gotten to know a lot of these guys because they work the same the same areas. I just, I just That's the first thing I think of is, how are these guys supposed to just put on a smile on their, you know, to, and, and show up for work, knowing that this is what's going to happen? Council members reached late Thursday, this is according to the Star Tribune, Declined to say anything about the two hundred grand. Council President Lisa Bender, who has been part of a mediation sessions, deferred to uh, Mayor Jacob Fry, 
who also participated in talks, and he didn't respond to a, a comment or respect or uh, request for comment. Oh, I'm shocked by that. Approval isn't guaranteed. The council rejected a previous five-figure settlement uh, with Clark's family because it was too low. Uh, okay, that's among the things today I don't understand. I don't understand why you are rewarding the family of a uh, criminal by a, with a two hundred grand payout, mm-hmm. and and the poor family's not going to see much of that by the time the lawyers. Oh, done. the lawyers are going to get the majority of that. But there's another story uh, in the paper that is. An extraordinary story for a variety of reasons. And that's the uh, ongoing frustration with a vacant house uh, in St. Paul's North oh, End. I saw this. It's owned by the mayor of the city, Melvin mm-hmm. Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a story that when you read it, uh, it becomes uh, the layers of difficulty become, uh, become many. Uh, it's a vacant house on uh, Hatch Street, Hatch Avenue, up on the north end of town. Uh, you know, the, in the summer the grass goes unmown, in the winter the, the, it goes unshoveled. But what really galls people in the north end is that the house is owned by the St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, who has championed boosting affordable housing across the city. Uh, according to a neighbor, Nick Beater, 54 Hatch Avenue is often more empty than occupied over the past several years. Uh, in our neighborhood, a vacant house is just an invitation for all kinds of things, said Beter, who has lived a couple of doors away since 01. If you want to do something about affordable housing, you've got something right here. Uh, a neighbor's complaint has prompted city inspectors to place the house on a list of vacant properties that will cost the mayor more than 2100 bucks a year for as long as the house is empty and in disrepair. Carter did not respond to requests for an interview. Peter Leggett, his communications director, said in an email that the house is owned by Carter and his ex-wife and was originally bought as a family home. It has been rented out over the past several years. Let's, that's problem number one. The taxpayers pay the salary, <coughs> excuse me, of uh, not only the mayor, but Peter Leggett, his communications director. Why in the world is Leggett involved in this? Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. This isn't, uh, Leggett is not uh, responding to any city issue here. No. This is an issue between the mayor and this inspections department. It comes down to accountability. Why once in again. the hell? Well, look who we're paying. Would uh, it have been even better if Leggett's assistant would have been the one sending oh, yeah. out the email? Well, this gets more interesting. It's currently empty due to damage caused by its most recent occupants, Leggett wrote. Significant repairs are, are in planning and should be underway soon. That's gobbledygook. In the meantime, a new property management company has been engaged and will ensure that each of the neighbors knows who to contact with concerns. Well, back in June, I, I heard or read that a, uh, a new property management company has been hired. Well, uh-huh. apparently not yet. Huh? Not yet. Leggett would not say when the most recent tenants moved out or how long the property has been empty. Again, why are the put-upon taxpayers of St. Paul paying a guy named Peter Leggett to be the mayor's communications director when Leggett is found now to be communicating about the mayor's private businesses. St. Paul Regional Water Service said no water has been used uh, at Hatch 54 Hatch Avenue since August 2018. The house was added to the city's list of vacant properties on June 11th, a day after a visit from a city inspector prompted uh, a neighbor's complaint. 
So what's June? It's been two months now. Damn near two months to the day that uh, this was first discovered, and yet nothing has taken place there. No, not a thing. And, and yet we're, we're to trust that the mayor can run a city. I'm unfamiliar he with that. He can't run a rental property. I'm unfamiliar with that neighborhood where the house oh, is. Oh, north out, out Rice Street. Okay. You know, it's called Frogtown sometimes. It's just north north end as opposed to the east side or west side. Uh, uh, so what, the, what did they find? They found uh, uh, gra- long, unkept grass, rear concrete steps loose, loose dangling and missing siding, peeling trim paint, litter on the front and back porches, sections of wooden fence surrounding the property were dilapidated. Reinspections on June 20 and June 26 and July 1 found a number of improvements, including the grass being cut, along with the removal of rubbish, tree branches, and part of the damaged fence. I wonder if city employees did that. I just had a thought. Yeah. Oh, wait, fin- fin- go ahead and finish. I, had a th- I have a thought. The multiple code violations prompted inspectors to classify the house under Category 2, one of 360 properties that the city uh, says can't be sold without approval. Uh... He will also, the mayor will also have to pay $2,127 to reimburse the city for administrative costs for each year the house is on the vacant list. A July 12 letter from the city noted the fee is past due and will be added to the house's property tax bill. Suzanne Donovan, a spokeswoman for the city's Department of Safety and Inspection, said in an email that paying the fee with the property taxes is frankly a fairly common way owners handle this. Let me cut to the chase. There's a neighbor, uh, Beater, the neighbor, uh, uh, who notes that uh, he watched as Hua Jong Kim, an aide to city council president Amy Brendmoan, and her husband did the lawn mowing. What? In- Kim won't return messages. Of course not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's that city working out for you, Joe? Peter said he watches those. He said it wasn't until neighbors complained on social media posting pictures of the house's overgrown yard that the grass was finally mowed by neighbors who live across the street. Peter said he watched as those neighbors, Hua Jong Kim, an aide to city council president Amy Brenmoan, and her husband did the work. So I also am a prop- property manager. Me and the uh, the soul man, Kenny Olson, yeah. owner of the Krabby Coffee Shop. Yeah. I'm not accusing Mayor Melvin Carter of anything. I'm just wondering aloud. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that this is his primary residence? Because I saw photos of the of the house. It's it's just a normal house. No, it is not his primary residence. Well, hear me out here. Yeah. Is he using that as his primary residence to skirt, you know, property tax? No. That, nothing would surprise me, but no, I, that that would have been discovered by now. No, that's that's not what he's doing. Okay, he's just because it's been vacant at least since August of 2018. He's just not competent. No, that's you're right about that. If you can't take care of a very small house and fix it up in order to get your rental income, which he apparently is incapable of doing, how in God's name can you be expected to run a city? I know. Well, he just needs a bigger staff, apparently. Uh, tomorrow's the swimming day I've been talking about. Yes, I got sir. a lot of kids in town. A lot of kids in town, and we're going to go to a beach out in White Bear that's been uh, free of weeds, thanks to Aquaside. Aquaside has been helping people maintain Great Lake shores for more than sixty years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of anything from weeds to algae. 
Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. You spread those pellets out over the weeds. Bing, bang, boom. Your uh, your uh, beach is weed-free. Mm-hmm. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, the fish, the water, and your family. So there's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer or the old swimming hole. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call them at one 800 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com shipping is free why don't we uh, return in a moment here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life Joe Souchere. There we go. I can't uh, uh, be finished with the mayor yet. Uh, this is a mayor. Well, we're in a one-party system uh, in both cities. And this may be true across the country when you're near the country's tallest buildings. But it's serving the, It's serving us poorly to have no checks or counter checks uh, or mm-hmm. balances about anything that's taking place in the city. This is the same mayor who has... What do we count? Is it 13 or 16? 16. 16 cabinet cabinet makers, should they be. Uh, 16 cabinet members, uh, all of whom uh, have uh, made up job titles. And uh, And salaries that exceed $125,000. Yeah, and and they're job titles that uh, define something that can't be measured. There's no six. There's no way to. What are your standards for measurement? Well, there are none. Racial, you know, chief uh, diversity officer. Yeah. Well, what are your standard? What are you measuring your achievements? How are you measuring your achievements? Well, they're not because they're not achieving anything. Nope. Uh, Ramsey County Board of Commissioners wants uh, wants uh, a one new uh, a director level employee and two uh, additional employees and three million bucks added to the budget for uh, racial uh, equity and health. Okay, how are you measuring that? Yeah. What what What's is what done? standard is What's being what evidence is there that this is needed? Mm-hmm. Well, I can go on and on and on, but here, let me get back to this house. Uh, this story broke, I believe, in the St. Paul Pioneer Press in June, and the Star Tribune is picking it up today with an, with some updates, which tells me that the virtually the summer has gone by without the mayor taking any action here. To the point where the the across-the-street neighbors, who happened to be affiliated with a city council member, came across the street and cut the grass. Did did this story come up on our show in June? Oh, I think so. Okay. And then you got the the communications director, who apparently sees nothing wrong with spending his time talking to the press about the mayor's private businesses. Mm -hmm. It's it's astonishing. It's just astonishing. In the meantime, the, the the city streets are graded at about the quality of I don't know the streets in Yemen. <laughs> what did Johnny say? We're at a sixty. What it, remember the grading system? Yeah, that Johnny brought up. What was it? I know, we're in the sixties. You know, I don't know. Maybe we're because <laughs> you asked well, what would zero what look would like? zero be? <laughs> uh, well, bear that in mind, GLers. Uh, I guess, but it goes back to the. The word accountability. There isn't any. There isn't any. And it's such a shame because these are elected officials that are supposed to be serving the public. A man in body armor and armed with a rifle sparks panic at a Walmart in Missouri. 
An armed man walked into a Walmart store in Missouri dressed in body armor and fatigues and was detained at gunpoint by an off-duty firefighter uh, and is lucky he's alive still considering the situation he created, a police official said. No shots were fired in the incident that happened just after 4 p.m. Thursday, that'd be August uh, 8, yesterday, in Springfield, a city of around 160,000 people in the southwestern part of the state. The man, who is said to be white and in his 20s, was detained by the armed firefighter until police arrived at the Walmart uh, market, police said in a statement. The man in body armor had been pushing a shopping cart and recording video of himself on a cell phone. Police were called about a possible active shooter, and the store's manager pulled a fire alarm and told people to evacuate. He walked in here heavily armed with body armor on in military fatigues and caused a great amount of panic inside the store, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Police Lieutenant Mike Lucas said. Uh, obviously, what's happened in Texas and Dayton in the last seven days, that's on everybody's mind. It not, it's not clear what motivated this fool. Uh, God, aren't we all lucky that there was a, re- a fireman there with a, a pistol, re- a firefighter? And a giant you-know-what on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the open carrying of firearms is legal in Missouri as long as the weapon is not displayed in a threatening manner. But I'm sorry, in today's world, uh, you walk into Walmart with a rifle, that's, uh, that's displaying it in a threatening manner based so. on what just happened. Uh, Though police did not name the person, police and online records indicate Dmitry Andrechenko, 20, had been arrested. Sounds like a Russian. Uh, He entered the store with a tactical rifle, a handgun, and more than 100 rounds of ammunition. Walmart said in a statement that the behavior of a customer was concerning to those inside our store and out of caution, law enforcement was contacted. Well, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. We talk too often on how we get desensitized to stories like this. That's, That's the most frightening aspect of this to me. Well, I can begin to address that. Hey, by the way, happy birthday. Marjorie Johnson. That's right. Our own Marjorie Johnson is 100 years old today. How about that? So I got thinking. That means over the last 10 state fairs, she's been in her 90s. How about that? And she never wanted anybody to know what her, how old she was. She would never tell me. That's true. Uh, but I got hints last year that we were coming we were up on the big uh, on century the big mark. One. Yeah. Weren't we going to try to set up a, a play date with her and Sid? Yeah. You I know, like set them like, up. Like uh, take them around the golf cart around the state fair together? That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Do you have my favorite Marjorie moment, or would it be too difficult to find? Remind me, which That's one? A, it was a State Fair appearance when uh, oh, Marjorie Sharon Jones? and Sharon Jones That's were right. on with me. I'm going to see if and I can find that. And it was just uh, no two different humans uh, could ever be put on the same stage and get along so well together. You know, let me check it in queue. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I shouldn't spring that on you, but uh, Marjorie's birthday reminded me of that great moment that Marjorie was on with Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings. I don't think Sharon's with us anymore. Hi, Marjorie. Hi, Joe. Now, Marjorie, we have a special guest. Uh huh. You are the first guest, right, of course, right. because that's tradition. That's tradition, yeah. But uh, you tell me when you're ready, Rook. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings are at the Line and Kugel stage tonight. Bring up Sharon Jones, please. She had to arrive early. Oh, yeah. 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 No Hi, clue. Sharon. Good. Now, Angie will help you with a headset. 
Who's Lee, Sharon? That's Lee Fields. Take her, take it down. Sharon, I'm really uh, thrilled to meet you. This is Marjorie Hi. Johnson. Hi, Marjorie, how you doing? I'm doing real good. Thank You're you. right, yeah. Marjor- <laughs> Marjorie's a, a champion baker at oh, the State Fair. Okay. But Sharon, you are a champion funk, blues, whatever this is. What is it? It is fantastic. It's, we call it um, soul, funk, R&B. And That's, you're from Augusta, Georgia. I was born in Augusta, but I've been raised in New York. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't pay any attention to James Brown when you were a kid, Oh, yes, did I did. Yeah, yeah. I paid a lot of attention to James Brown. Yeah. What, uh, are you, is this one of those 30-year overnight successes? No, it t- took more like 52 years of success. Yeah? Yeah, um, but I, I think things start happening to me like 12 years ago, really. Okay. I, I had to hit 40, to, you know. Did you put the Dap Kings together? Well, actually, Dap Kings was sort of together in, in 12 years ago as the um, sole providers. Oh, okay. And that's when Lee Fields came in, so I, I came in to do background for yeah. him. Right. And I end up now being the head um, leader of the... Will the Dap Kings be with you tonight? Yes, they will. Now, do they also work with Amy Winehouse? They was the one that worked with Amy. Oh. I didn't work with Amy. No, oh. you don't want to work with Amy. You got your own thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think um, Amy said I inspired her a lot. You know, really? Just coming up with this new funk and R.B. Oh. stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, is this your first time in Minnesota? Yes, it is. It's beautiful. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I just had a, a, a little hog on the log thing over there. Yeah? Yeah. Now, will you? what kind of set will you do tonight? <sighs> well, um, hey... Our set. Yeah. Just a funky set. That's what I call a little funky. Y'all, if y'all there, make sure you got some dancing shoes. Yeah. Don't be shy. You have some more Sharon to give people an example. We play your music on the show all well, the time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My, you might do my this. My personal. Huh? This is my personal yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can sing along if you want. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 it is hard to lip sync. <laughs> you know this song, Marjorie? I don't no. think she know that one. No. <laughs> listen to her. Listen to her, Marjorie. She's going to start singing. Okay. Just like a listen bird, out. baby. Just like a bird. Just listen, Marjorie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Sharon, you are so good. I can feel it. You like that, Marjorie? Yeah, that's Isn't not that bad. Nice? No, yeah. So much of it sounds just like a lot of noise. Like hers doesn't. It really does. No, she like, clarified more off to our mine usual doesn't start. sound like yes. a lot of noise. No, no, Thank it, you, it, that sounds nice. Yeah. We try to make good music. That right, music right. That you can yeah, that is. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We yeah. do it. We just play them for bumps. Uh, Marjorie's been on Jay Leno and all over the place. No, so. I, I didn't make Jay Leno, but I did make... Um, David Letterman. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Brian, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Conan had me back twice. Really? Oh, yeah. boy. Will you start playing bigger arenas? Yeah, um, I, we have already started playing okay. a lot of bigger arenas. Yeah. Um, I did Central Park um, Sunday. Oh, oh that, that would have been fantastic. Wow. It was the last um, of the season, the last right. sum, uh, summer job, and right. it's like 6,000 people there. Right. Least, yeah. Are you now on an endless tour? Uh, well, this one is, I mean, I've been on a tour since October right. um, the 6th, since the album came out, since okay. I did the Apollo. But um, this week, I'm just here doing the fair tonight, right. tomorrow. Right. And then we're leaving to go to uh, San Francisco to do the old Oakland, another outside festival. Okay. So, yes, we've been doing festivals, festivals, festivals. But home is in New York, not Augusta. No, home is in New York. I left Augusta when I was like three years old. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Daptones Records that's doing the, yes. uh, that's Daptone. doing the albums? Daptones. Mm-hmm. Daptones. Right. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. 
Uh, well, we knew you were in a hurry. We wanted to get you well, on quickly. You. And uh, uh, I know many, uh, many GLers will be staying around tonight. All right, Joe. You're going to go on at 8.30. 8.30. Yeah, and you'll play for uh, at least three or four hours. No, well, you know. <laughs> no. Yeah. At least an hour, maybe. Whatever. How long the festival allow? Do you have a family, Sharon? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, husband, kids? Oh, no, no. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought you meant my mother, my sister. My no, mother. I figured you had a mother and father <laughs> at some point. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess the music, you know, kept me out here. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find a husband when, you, when you're when on the road a lot, right. you know. Right, Can you play something else, Rook, as long as we have the queen herself here? Oh, 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 oh man, please, oh, please, man. Please, please. has got nothing on you. Makes my heart <laughs> melt like butter. Uh-huh. Some love makes you strong. Oh, you like that one, Marjorie? Yeah, that's nice too. Yeah. yeah. And some love makes you do right. And some, some love makes you do wrong. wrong. <laughs> just show us what it'll be like tonight. Just stand up. Just show. Just, just show. Yeah. Sure, you don't know how in love with you I'm I am. I'm only 4'11", y'all. Second to Marjorie, I love yeah, you. Right I carry myself tall, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is it. Yeah. But I have a lot of energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I run around yeah. the stage a lot, so I don't want to be standing there like this, going, you No, know? no. You know, I'd be into it, you know. Oh, oh yeah. baby. Oh. Like singing, or like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I put all that stuff in it, you know. Yeah. How about this preview? Thing. How about this preview? Here we go. Let's do all this right. one again. Uh -oh. All right, all right. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Yes, he just wants to see oh, yeah. Jared move, yeah. This is uh -oh. right. Mm -hmm. Now, this story. It's about how long I had to deal with a relationship that was in my life. All right. And I think I dealt with that relationship a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> and so how this long? tune came up. Yeah. How long do I have to wait for you? Right. Oh. Before a girl like me just can move on. Right. How long oh. do I have to wait for you, honey, before a girl like me can move on? Hey, did you make up the song or what? Right? <laughs> You know what? She's spilling out her, her heart, Marjorie. Marjorie, she's crying about a broken relationship. But I want to know if she wrote it. No, actually, you know who wrote this song? My no. bass player. I went to oh. my bass player, um, Bosco, we, well, Gabriel. Yeah. And I was like, you know, just relationship. And I was telling right? him about the guy and how yeah. he was doing. He was and like, then he wrote a special. He wrote a song for me. He said, oh, you know wonderful. what? Next time you think about this guy here, you can go sing it so I can oh, sing it. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's Thank great. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting sick of it. That's okay. We'll switch to a different song here. All right. Thank you. Oh, happy you birthday. Write that song? Happy birthday, Marjorie. And we lost Sharon. God bless her. We lost Sharon November 18th, 2016. I remember that day because we played a ton of Sharon that day oh, on the show. Oh, God. Did you write that song? You write that song? Marjorie, she's pouring out her heart here. Right. See, I've been threatening to restart my boating career because mm -hmm. I love uh, I love Glastrons yes. and uh, there's no better place to shop for a Glastron than Rapid Marine four locations Shakopee uh, Rogers St. Cloud and don't tell me there's four of them where are they Shakopee Shakopee Rogers St. Cloud and uh, is it Elk River Ham Lake Ham Lake Ham Lake Shakopee Rogers and St. Cloud and right now they're trying to bring in the 2020 models so you can get great deals on the inventory at all four Rapid Marine locations you can get a new Lund 1775 Impact Sport with a Mercury 115 horse four stroke and trailer for under 270 bucks a month. 
you can get uh, and don't if you mention my name or Garage Logic, you get two hundred and fifty bucks off this great deal. And you military uh, people. Ask about military rebates for active and retired service members. And don't forget to mention GL, and you'll get another 250 bucks off this great deal. This is the leading Glastron dealer in the state, and also Crestliner. If you're a Minnesotan, you've been in a Crestliner, whether you know it or not. They're just fantastic, and there's just great service at Rapid Marine. And... Uh, it's a family business. They've been in business since 1970. It's just fantastic. And, again, you mentioned GL when you're out there looking at, uh, oh, I don't know, a Glastron, a Mercury, uh, pontoon boats, crossovers, fishing boats. They have it all. They got them. At Rapid Marine. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Uh, John Fram emailed me a link to this Pew Research. But this this is going to, to, in my view, this answers many questions about what we're experiencing in America right now. All right. Religiously unaffiliated people have been growing as a share of all Americans for some time. Pew Research Center's massive 2014 religious landscape study makes clear just how quickly this is happening and also shows that the trend is occurring within a variety of demographic groups across genders, generations, and racial and ethnic groups, to name a few. Religious nuns, N-O-N-E-S, a shorthand we use to refer to people who self-identify as atheists or agnostics, as well as those who say their religion is nothing in particular, now make up roughly 23% of the adult population. Yeah. This is a stark increase from 2007, the last time a similar Pew Research study was conducted, when 16% of Americans were nuns. During the same period, Christians have fallen from 78% to 71%. Overall, religiously unaffiliated people are more concentrated among adults, young, among young adults and other age groups. 35% of millennials are nuns, those born between 1981 and 1986, 35%. In addition, the unaffiliated as a whole are getting even younger. The median age of unaffiliated adults is now 36, down from 38 in 2007. At the same time, even older generations have grown somewhat more unaffiliated. For example, 14% of baby boomers were unaffiliated in 2007, and 17% now identify as nuns. I guess I'm not a nun. Nuns are more heavily concentrated among men than women, but the growth of the unaffiliated has not been limited to certain demographic categories. A rise in the share of the unaffiliated has uh, been seen across a variety of racial and ethnic groups among people with different levels of education and income, among immigrants and the native-born, and throughout all uh, major regions of the country. Not only are the nuns growing, but, they, uh, but how they describe themselves is changing. Self-declared atheists or agnostics still make up a minority of all religious nuns, but both atheists and agnostics are growing as a share of all religiously unaffiliated people and together now make seven up seven percent of all u.s adults uh, okay uh religion is very in addition to atheists and agnostics another nine percent of americans say their religion is nothing in particular and that religion is not important in their lives at the same time however a significant minority of nuns say that religion plays a role in their lives uh, the, 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 what I'm taking away from this is that 30% of millennials are, are nuns. 
I'm actually surprised that number's not higher. Yeah, I am too. And, and I'm not here to uh, to say, hey, people, uh, you know, you should be going to church. Uh, what I'm finding uh, alarming, I mean, I, I, I happen to go to Mass, but because I'm terribly amused by people my age who say, well, I used to be a Catholic. <laughs> okay, well, I still am. Uh, the, the point, the larger point that I take away from this is that religion is just, again, one of the institutions that is okay. cracking at the seams, crumbling. Okay, yep. Uh, we've been wrestling with this all week. Uh, the, the lack of respect for life stems from the dismantling of the institutions that kept all of us, however vaguely, on the straight and narrow. Schools, churches, cops, government. Uh, those things now are, are we're, we're seeing them treated with such casualness that uh, uh, coffee shop workers are feel entitled to not serve police because their badge might be triggering. Mm -hmm. There's no greater example of a lack of respect of authority than that. Uh, when, when all of these institutions taken together are no longer effective, I, I don't think it's a great mystery that we see the behavior we're seeing. But I, I agree with you. But I think the larger issue starts right at home. Well, and there's a piece today in the uh, Minneapolis paper, a guest editorial by Erica Christensen, a police officer. And we reached out to her, and she has chosen not to come on. Correct. I, I, I have no idea why, but that's fine. Uh, she, has a, she wrote a piece called, I'm a cop and I've met the next mass shooter. And to me, uh, this asked me, where does my sensibility lie? She's talking about uh, encountering a couple of kids uh, who were involved in uh, burning some playground equipment. And these are kids under the age of 13. Yeah. And, uh, and she's seen her share uh, of, of troubled uh, kids. Uh, but she's talking about these two kids, both under 13, separated by about two years. Both are males. Both come from dysfunctional homes. Both have little to no supervision or guidance. Let's just say stability does not exist for either of them. Both are well acquainted with the child protection and child welfare systems. Both belong to a group sometimes referred to as throwaway children. You meet them and you know just where their futures lie. The older one, as bad as his life is, and it is bad, will be absorbed into our criminal justice system. He will become another in a long line of lost potential sitting in prison. As cold as it sounds, he will die young before he is 30, and I believe I'm being optimistic. But the younger one, he scares me. I do not scare easily. I have sat across a table from a lot of bad people, mostly adults. I listen to what they have to say about why they did whatever it is I am questioning them about. I do my investigation, submit the case, and move on. Uh, I, uh, the case I'm working on may not seem like much from the outside. It doesn't seem like much compared to other fire cases. She's talking about the burning of the playground equipment. Uh, a playground was burned, uh, totally destroyed. I cannot go into detail as how the names of the two boys were developed, but my partner and I located the two boys together a few days after the fire, both admitted to doing the deed. When asked why, the older of the two stated simply that he just wanted to set it on fire. The answer neither surprised me, nor did, I, nor did it really answer the question. Seriously, it was the response I expected. The younger one, though, that was different. My partner asked him why, and he replied that no one cares about him, and he used to be bullied on the slide of the playground equipment that he burned. No one cares about me, and I am bullied. And then she devotes the rest of her piece to the idea that uh, she suspects that's, that's almost a template for the next 
mm-hmm. mass shooter. But where does society fit into this picture? This is the problem of that child's parents who seem to have checked out. And that's a, it's unfortunately, it's, it's a far too common problem in the cities closest to the country's tallest buildings. Yeah, but that's, it's, the, I, I understand her frustration as a police officer. I, I, I fully understand that. But I'm, I, I wanted her to say more about the inattentive parents. But don't you think that that is what she's saying? I guess, I guess, I guess. Because that's what I took from it when I read it. Because a lot of the times, Joe. It doesn't sound like they're parents who are taking the two kids to, to a service on a weekend, a church service. Not only that, <laughs> I don't even think there's two parents in the picture. I have no idea. I, that's why I wanted to talk to her, but I understand her reluctance. She might have a variety of police reasons not to come on the air. That could be. Yeah. But, Joe, the, the lack and the absence of the father in this country right now is our greatest problem, mm-hmm. in my opinion. There are, there are too many guys out there that are not owning up to their responsibilities, and that's our biggest problem right People now. People of color, I've asked you this a million times, and I'll keep asking you. What has the left done for you? And the answer is nothing. Uh, got a note from Downing, frequent contributor Dave Downing. Mm-hmm. I've just come across a wonderful summary of the difference between white, what might be called two Americas, also known as red versus blue, Republicans versus Democrats, or the people who live closest to the tallest buildings versus the real America. And it comes from an unexpected source, Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> Gifford spent two decades on a New York-based TV as a New York-based TV host. Wasn't she Regis and she was, Kathy? and now she's with Hoda, or was with? Hoda? I don't think she's on TV anymore. Oh, she retired. Okay. Gifford spent two decades as a New York-based TV host. She couldn't get any closer to the tallest buildings. More recently, she's been spending time in Nashville working on music. In a magazine interview, Gifford tells how much she enjoys Nashville and that she's and that she has even purchased a home there. The writer says that the city brings Gifford complete joy. Asked to explain, Gifford is quoted as as saying, I thought to myself, why am I so happy here? And I realized that one of the biggest parts is that there are joyful people here. I haven't run into one cynic yet in Nashville. They love God. They love their country. They love music, wine, and food. I'm in heaven in Nashville. Uh, The uh, magazine was AARP. The magazine, Mm -hmm. April, May 2019. Uh, In contrast, then, uh, Downing writes, what might we deduce about people in New York? That they don't love God, they don't love their country, and they're cynical, always seeing the worst in their fellow man? Think Seinfeld. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much sums it up, don't you think? Yes, I do. And, and what an unlikely source, Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee Gifford. But it's, it's, it's germane to what we've been talking about all week. It's absolutely germane to what we've been talking about all week. We'll be back in just a moment. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one 
one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Do we have a special guest? Yes, we do, sir. Happy birthday, Marjorie. Well, thank you very much. Wow, that's nice. You sound great. You're 100 years old today. You never I wanted to tell me how old exactly. you were. But really, Joe, I feel 40. I know when you I do. I 40. I liked what I saw, so I said, I'm just going to be this way every year, and I have. I have the same energy, the same zest for life. And the same health. I'm an excellent, excellent health. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. I bet we'll see you as our custom on the first day of the fair. Yeah, that would be uh, good to see you. Yeah, I hope that I can. Yeah. I'll have Rookie set it up with you, dear. Okay. Happy birthday. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much, Joe. Hey, Joe, when's your birthday? Uh, not till next January. Oh, you're January. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okie doke. We just replayed an interview with you uh, from the fair the day that Sharon Jones joined us. Oh, really? Yeah, it was fun. Oh, was that what year was that? Or, or you have no idea? Because we were on, uh, I think it was 20 years or 21 years that we were on. Yep. Yeah. That was probably about 10 years ago. Marjorie, good to talk to you. We'll see you uh, in two weeks. Real good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Bye. you. All right. How about that? Happy birthday. You know what? Huh? 13 days. To the state fair? 13 days, Mr. Mayor. A ruling from the salon in Minneapolis. The Minneapolis City Council approved a ban for drive throughs <laughs> The ban won't affect current drive throughs but prohibits any in the construction of new restaurants, coffee shops, banks, and pharmacies. Because you really want to make it difficult yep. for Marjorie That's right. to get into the bank. Mm-hmm. The council said the ban will cut down on noise and traffic and also make sidewalks safer. <laughs> Lisa Bender, Minneapolis City Council president, said the changes are also part of an effort to rezone areas in the city in preparation for the upcoming Minneapolis 2040 plan. Now, remind me, Lisa's the one that doesn't shovel her sidewalk. I believe so. Got it. This just says that we will not have any new drive throughs in the future, Bender said. We've already restricted drive throughs in a number of ways. Concerns over issues for individuals with disabilities have come up in the discussion. Dan Klassen wrote city council members in July when the ordinance was first introduced. He suffers from Parkinson's disease and uses his local pharmacy drive through multiple times a month. It's a lot easier, especially in the winter, Klassen said. Without drive throughs it would make it a lot more difficult. Responding to similar concerns, Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins reinforced the scope of the ban during Thursday's meeting. We're not closing any of the current drive throughs Jenkins said. I just want to make sure that we are recognizing all parts of our community and trying to make sure everyone has access in the city of Minneapolis, which is a meaningless statement. The, ru the new rules will not affect businesses who are waiting for application approval from the city. 
Okay. We're getting to the bottom of this problem. drive throughs is a big problem. Oh, yeah. It's just Gotta a big get problem. Rid of them. Well, do do they not realize, by the way, whether, whether it's this or whether it's plastic bags, you're driving away business from your own city. Mm-hmm. Because people that need to use a drive through in the case of that gentleman with his pharmacy, yeah. he's just going to drive to Edina to go get it instead. Yeah. These people are fools. Got a request for a ruling here. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. There are four flashlights at arm's reach here on my desk. On foghorning names, I've always thought that the foghorn is for the person that gave the name. This could be a person who mangled the spelling of their own perfectly fine name, but I would expect usually it to be the parent. A side question just popped into my head. Did Prince get foghorn when he changed his name on the, to Glyph? I have no idea. Lastly, I must admit a problem. Boarding on obsession, my garage wood. I have garage wood in my garage along the back wall, hidden behind the movable storage shelves, along the far side wall by my MG. Whoa! Tell me more about that MG. And along the rear side wall next to the CP's car. Not all of it is mine. A kid I used to have uh, has graduated from college and is cohabitating for a while to build up his bank account. Uh, It is a scrap of projects long finished. Most are probably too small to be of any use to anything, yet they linger. Outside the garage door are two more pieces, old landscape timbers used for uh, uh, chalking uh, wheels during auto repair sessions. Out back under the deck, a large pile of wood, mostly pressure treated and still useful for projects. Lastly, the workshop. One wall has stacks of wood top to bottom, organized at one time by the kid I used to have, but entropy is taking over. Lastly, in three or four boxes of two to three cubic feet are more scraps. The wood is of all varieties, plywood, 2x4s, 4x4s, 4x6s, oak, cherry, cedar, walnut, inherited when my dad died in his 90s, uh, in the 90s, to uh, use as my woodworking skills, and some others. Is this a disease or just a sign of good conservationism? It's a good conservation. Yeah, I would say. Faithful listener, haven't missed a podcast, Paul. Uh, You have no, uh, nothing wrong with you, sir, Uh, if, if... if America only suffered that, if that was our problem in America, we'd all be in really great shape. We're going to be okay. We're a nation of wood savers. <laughs> uh, Joe, I'm Nate from Oslo, Norway. Uh, the Mr. Rogers Show still exists in a new form called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. It is an animated series based on the land of make-believe. Yep. Will you make a ruling for me? You, as well as many others, often use the terms first world and third world countries, not second though, for some reason. By definition, a first world country was a country aligned with the U.S. during the Cold War, and a third world country was a country aligned with Russia during the Cold War. I did not know that. Hmm. Uh, Second, of course, was neutral. If the Cold War is over, are these still first, second, and third world countries? The reason that these terms hit my ear wrong is because they are almost always used to describe rich countries. Uh, uh, and poor countries. Love the show. I'll be stopping by Grunhofer's on my way up to see my cousin in Fargo when I visit over Christmas. Okay, the reason I read that is I've never uh, realized that first world countries were countries united in the Cold War. I did not know that either. Uh, To me, a first world country is where people can go to the bathroom indoors. Okay, so it's a status thing for you. It's it, no a first world country is where the basics have been taken care of. Oh, everything's ru- okay. and there's there's not such rampant corruption. I mean, Venezuela right now is a is a fifth world country. Right. So what would second then be in your in your mind's eye? I have never thought of that that way. It's mm. either first world or 
I used to think we skip a floor. Is well, what I used saying. to think smugly if it ain't the United States, it's not first world. But that's silly you. because I've been to Europe many times, and mm-hmm. there's wonderful mm-hmm. countries in Europe. And I have never been to South America. I've never been to Asia. I've never been to Africa. Uh, but I, I, I imagine parts of those uh, continents are not uh, habitable in terms of the basic needs having been taken care of. I got you. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that still poop outside. Uh huh. That to me, that's not first world. No, that's is that fourth? That's 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 about tenth. Okay. That's about tenth. Hey Joe, we'd like to have you over. You know, I hope when the when Jay is it Jay? That was Nate. Oh, I'm sorry, Nate. I hope when Nate uh, from Oslo uh, gets to Grunhoffers mm-hmm. that he signs the sheet. That he signs the sheet because uh, that would be fantastic to have Spencer have a, a have a customer come all the way to. Uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, a customer all the way from Norway. Spencer Grunhofer is a professional meat cutter. You now know Grunhofer's as the meat palace of the world, a meat bazaar noted for its brats, but so much more. Uh, Bacon, ham, beef tri-tip roast. I got to get the tri-tip. Wonderful combinations of burgers. Mm Mm-hmm. The Rookie Burger, Ribeye Burger Combo Pack, uh, 130 pork brat flavors. You're all in the middle or winding down your uh, pork brat grilling brackets. The sweet and heat jerky. Jerky, chicken brats, beef brats. It's it's truly an amazing, amazing success story. Uh, there's over 20 varieties of beef and chicken sticks. Did you know that? Full steak selection cut to you however you want it. Mm-hmm. And any tips you want, the the, the guys at uh, Grunhoffers, the guys and gals at Grunhoffers are all experts. They'll tell you. Uh, They're happy to help. They'll give you a lot of advice on how to properly uh, fix that meat so you get the most enjoyment out of it. Uh, Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meat Market is on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. Or Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meat Market.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Yes, you seem to be trying to get my attention. So, do you recall... I started out with a sentence with so. I apologize for that. Very Minnesotan to do that. We uh, we did a video a couple of years ago called Stuff Euphorian Say. It was played off of a, a Twitter account in which a guy was documenting everything his grandfather says, which was hilarious. Yep. You remember this video? I do. So we we re uh, we redid it to kind of fit the podcast theme. All right. And uh, we're going to unveil it to the masses today. All right. How, how do people see this video? It'll be available on all sorts of social media platforms. I also do believe that it will be available on the garagelogic.com website. All right. But if you're a fan of the, of the show on Facebook and on Twitter... You'll be able to consume it immediately, and All that's right. part of it. We want people to share it with others via social media, so we decided to kind of bring it back, so to speak. All right. This is Stuff Euphorians Say. You know how to change a flat tire? No, I love the alliteration. Chloe, Kim, and Courtney. Do you know what a Phillips head screwdriver is? What an adorable dog. i got to get some stuff from Twitter. If you just relax... Traffic ultimately moves. I test drove that <laughs> Nissan Leaf. I don't know what I'd do without my iPhone. Sweet. Kenny, LOL, baby. LOL. OMG. Oh, cool. Is that the 4S GF Siri? It's not the destination, 
It's the journey. I like that. That's a nice look. Just Facebook it to me. Snap. Get serious, dog. Dog. John, go ahead, dog. Hey, dog. Sup. Sup, dog. What's up? What's up, dog? Sup, bro. My brother. Cute with your little outfit on. I love it. I just think it's so cute. That is so cute. Did you get that in Uptown? Oh, that is so cute. I did an hour on the Stairmaster last night. My glutes are killing me. The Earth is your mother. Kesha is totally blowing up on Twitter. I'll have to work it out at yoga tonight. You know, they're just no losers. There's just some non-winners. Was that a math question? No, I gotta go, man. I'm late for yoga. Go ask Rookie. I saw the most amazing shooting star last night. It was like... Totally awesome. I find myself agreeing more and more with Nancy Pelosi. We can save the planet one light bulb at a time. What a smooshy mushy dog. I'm gonna get a chicken, you know, for the eggs. Why read the book if you can just see the movie? No, 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 no. There's no need to shovel. It's only been five, six inches of snow. Let's run away together. Did you get a haircut? Do you know how to change a flat tire? Hail you. <laughs> Hail me. Audi, 5,000. Is that the one where I'm wearing the feeling golfy hat? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I'm glad you remember. Former Vice President Joe Biden unleashed a racially tinged gaffe, and instead of responding with surprise, the audience applauded the blunder. Of course. Biden was trying to highlight racial attitudes that lead or led to unequal education outcomes when he accidentally equated being poor with minority students and being rich with white students. And another thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge these students in these schools that have advanced placement programs in these schools, Biden said in Des Moines. We have this notion that if you're poor, you cannot do it, he said. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, he oh, said. Oh. The audience applauded as he tried to amend the gaffe. Wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids, he added. Biden was speaking to the Asian and Latino Coalition Town Hall event where when he made the comments. The uh, uh, Thank God that... Uh, some evil Republican didn't say that. I was just going to say, could you imagine if the president had said the exact well, same he, thing? But the president has said worse things than that. Yeah, Everybody knew true. what Biden meant, except Biden. You know, Biden has a history of this. Yes, he does. You recall in the early days of America's introduction to Barack Obama, Biden, I'm going to paraphrase now. Uh, this was Biden, folks, not me. Uh, Biden said something to the effect of, well, he's really, a, he's clean and he can speak well and he's articulate. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yes. And, and uh, my God, Joe, you, you're, you're just getting goofier in your old age, Uncle Joe. Is he nuzzling more now? I don't know if he's still nuzzling. Mm. But, hey, poor kids are just as good, you know, as white, white kids. You know. <laughs> Joe, Uncle Joe. Mm -hmm. Got a great email from... Uh, Michael and Bismarck. I've been sending you notes and tidbits lately without really identifying myself. My name is Michael and I live in Bismarck, North Dakota. My CI is only 23 compared to my age, 40, but eight of those cylinders are in two, are in two antique Model A Fords. Both run are in, are in great shape. I drive them all the time. I've been listening to your show for nearly 20 years and enjoy the new podcast. I fast forward through the ads because I get too hungry thinking about burgers and brats. <laughs> I work in a large office in Bismarck, so I'm sure someone here is related to height. My son, Nathan, was given approved status at the 2009 Minnesota State Fair and will be there Aug. 30 to see the show live. 
Many sayings from the GL lexicon are in my everyday speech patterns, including good luck, five will get you ten, non-factor, etc. I, too, live in a house divided and often give the CP an audible foghorn or uh, we don't know that. I listen at work in the afternoon and I'm often caught laughing by my coworkers who want to know what's so funny. The cartoon bubble of Kenny out filling his potholes in a white pocket t-shirt with a stogie <laughs> hanging out of his mouth had me in stitches. This week has been a particularly noteworthy week for the show and some of the show's best work. I hear the group wrestling with the hard realities of mass shootings in much the same way we do in our own homes and offices. This week's shows have come off as clearly genuine and not as political commentary with an axe to grind. Anyway, I found this op-ed in the Fargo paper interesting day and thought maybe it would be of interest to you. And it was a, a, it just was a letter to the editor in the Fargo Forum about the Second Amendment. Okay. But it was really nice of him to write that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, go ahead. Were you going to read the piece? Well, I got a, I got a bone to pick. Okay. Well, you go ahead. I, no, th- yours is more important. I can mention mine at, later here. Well, there's a big story in the Pioneer Press. Uh, it's from the Forum News Service. A Minnesota bachelor farmer dies, and now his 250 cars are for sale. I saw this story. Jim Graham is, is the fellow's name. It's Wheaton, Minnesota. And uh, we learn about uh, the bachelor farmer who lived near Wheaton, about 200 miles west of St. Paul, near the South Dakota border. Jim Graham, who recently passed away at 88, left behind a collection of more than 250 cars that he accumulated over the years. At one point, the collection numbered around 500 vehicles, which he housed in sheds across his farm. He was a bachelor, and I suppose he probably just got a hobby and had nobody to shut him down, like a spouse normally would, you know, said longtime friend Richard Siraki. Now the vehicles he leaves behind will be in a two-day auction Friday and Saturday, today and tomorrow. Cars in the collection include a 1959 Impala and 75 convertibles, and they're getting attention from bidders registered online from 30 states and 21 countries. Graham even had a collection of tractors, but the focus was on cars, Cadillacs, Buicks, Plymouth, Hudson, Hudson's, Ford's, Model A's, and collector pickups. The collection presents a picture of American automotive history. One Depression-era vehicle has a Roosevelt for President campaign sticker on both sides. Uh, For the last few months, a group of Graham's friends from Wheaton have been fine-tuning and tweaking the cars in preparation for the sale. They describe Graham as a unique man, a military veteran who came home to farm after serving. The longtime collector also had a wild side. He liked pull tabs, drinking, and raising hell, (laughs) said Yvette Vanderbrink with Vanderbrink Auctions, which is handling the sale. Graham's love of cars started with his 1934 Ford Coupe. He and a friend used a chisel to remove the roof, laid a little fiberglass down, and installed a plastic windshield from a speedboat. Graham drove the car to prom. Over the years, the collection would grow to an impressive size. Vanderbrink Auctions is handling the sale of Graham's vehicles, which is taking place over two days. Uh, Vanderbrink warns that GPS does not work well while navigating it toward Graham's farm, which is 12 miles west of Wheaton on uh, Highway 27. Okay, I bring this up because uh, God bless the fellow. Oh, no. What are you going to do? Well, I'll, I'll, five will get you ten. That this isn't a collection. It's hoarding. Invariably, I've been sucked into too many of these. Okay. Invariably, so your guard is already up, and you haven't even seen a photo. No, I saw a fo- there's a photo oh, of uh, Graham okay. back in the day with his 1934 Ford. But okay. I- I'll bet you that uh, they're mice infested. Oh, that uh, that the upholstery is shot. That, no, I'm nothing against the guy. Sure. But it got away from him with 250 cars. These aren't collections. This is hoarding. <laughs> the guy was hoarding cars. 
The tip-off to me was when they were stored in various sheds around the property. Oh, that's the line that got you. Okay, come on. I hope, yeah. I hope, well, I was going to say I hope his family gets rich on it. He doesn't have a family. Have family. I don't know who gets the money. Maybe he has relatives. Don't tell me it's going to go to government. No, 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 no. I'm sure he has relatives, nephews, maybe nieces, whatever. Maybe he has brothers and sisters. I have no idea. Look at you. You're anti-cylinder right now. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with anti-cylinder. Because I got a text this morning from a friend who was wondering if I was heading out there. Oh, to go see the collection? And I, I'm not, because I know in my heart that it they would just all be wrecks. See, and now I'm hoping. I'm hoping every, I hope I'm wrong. I do, too. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Listen to you. Listen to you with your guard up saying, ah, this is going to be just hoarding. That's just, This is what you find, though. <laughs> you know. The article makes no mention of the 250 cars being stored in a climate-controlled facility. Yeah, uh, it's they, in a barn in the. They've, they're, you know, the, they've been exposed to the elements. Uh, they, they're. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Here, in fact, any listeners going? Oh, sure. There you go. Email me uh, and prove me wrong. I, I, I want to be wrong. I don't want to. I'm not casting aspersions uh, on this fellow. I'm just predicting. That what you're going to find is Mouseville. You know what? There was there was one word that threw you off. Hmm. Various. Yeah. Various. It's the various part that got you. A lot of people hoard jewelry. Yes, they do. But I'm, it, I'm married to one. Well, you know what? I've told you for years that uh, RF Moeller Jeweler is the greatest place to uh, buy your fine jewelry and watches and diamond rings and engagement rings and you name it, they also buy. They also buy. They mm-hmm. love the estate jewelry world. You can sell your vintage watches, jewelry, diamonds, and colored gemstones. That's right. You sell. They buy. Moeller has been buying pre-owned diamonds, gemstones, estate, and antique jewelry, and vintage watches for more than 40 years. They really are the expert's expert. I've seen the uh, displays of the estate jewelry. I love it. They're cu- especially the estate uh, watch finds are incredible. Their customers have an insatiable appetite for all things pre-owned, and they are always looking for diamonds, watches, and jewelry to fill that need. Give the people at Molars an opportunity to show you that they are not only the best place to buy your watches and jewelry, but the best place to sell your pre-owned watches jewelry. RF Molar Jeweler, three locations, 50th in France and Edina, the flagship store at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul, and Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis or online at rfmolar.com. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. How did all these people get in my room? 
<laughs> not bad, not bad. Friday scramble, huh? I don't know what happened. Looks like I got to turn my mic on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so last night, Fred Aloni and I. Yeah, you're doing the beer show. Doing the beer show. I had two things to bring up with you really quick. I brought up the uh, the thermometer idea we had mm-hmm. yesterday, the global warming thermometer. Yeah, yeah. Just a regular thermometer, but it's packaged as the global warming thermometer. And he said, boy, you and Joe are really good creative minds. You basically want me to insult half of my buying public. Right. He, he, he does have some euphorian customers. <laughs> um, the other thing, check this out. So I had the guys on from Fitgers up in Duluth. Yep. They're now rebranding uh, as Duluth. Not rebranding. They're... They have a, a, a smaller side that's called the Duluth Brewhouse, so they can distribute here in the Twin Cities. Yep. They're building a a beer hotel in Canal Park in Duluth. Really? Yeah, that's right cool. on the water. Right on the water. Do you recall an NHL player named Joe Murphy? Joe Murphy. He was the number one pick of the Red Wings in the 1986 NHL entry draft. He was a Stanley Cup champion with the Edmonton Oilers in 1990. Mm -hmm. He played 15 seasons in the NHL with the Red Wings, Oilers, Blackhawks, Blues, Sharks, Bruins, and Capitals. He earned more than $13 million in his career, but a Detroit Free Press report revealed yesterday that he is homeless in Canada again. I saw this story. This is a sad story of uh, possibly the result of having suffered multiple concussions during his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of a lawsuit against the NHL that failed to get class action status. The suit stated that Murphy suffered multiple head traumas during his NHL career that were improperly diagnosed Oof. and treated. Mr. Murphy never was warned by the NHL of the negative health uh, effects of head trauma. Uh, Murphy has been in and out of homeless shelters in Kenora, Ontario, and those who uh, see him suspect he's using crystal meth, according to the Free Press. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Bernie Albany, one shelter director, told the newspaper Murphy slept on the floor for the entire day. He was out cold. He's 51 years old. Uh, he is adamant about not wanting any help. Uh, the NHL tried to provide him a hotel room, but he didn't want any part of it. Uh, this is just terrible. Terrible so, story. I read the story, but I'm unfamiliar with the player. Was he a pretty good player back in his well, day? To last that long and to win a cup, he must have been. I'm okay. not recalling him. Okay, because you follow the game closer than anybody I know. I think in the next month or two, I'm going to go on a roll and things are going to be good, he said. Really felt a lot of good things coming on. I look forward to the upcoming NFL season. I love the TV and the sports. Then in October, the Baseball World Series and the base basketball and hockey opener. It's quite a time. Uh, and then he gets in and out of situations where he said his head starts going and I don't want any trouble to start. It's not the shelters, it's me. I like having privacy, it's my own fault. And while Murphy's behavior has been described as erratic, Healy told the free press players could get help at any time. All they have to do is call and say, and we'll, we will launch an army of help if the players in need and in distress will help. Uh, and Murphy apparently does not want any help. I'm looking at his picture. He looks familiar to me, but, you know, 1990 is getting to be a long time ago for me to remember the Stanley Cup. First overall pick by the Red Red Wings Wings in 86. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, See, I don't remember him at all. Well, you've had some superstars in the league most recently, chiefly uh, Sidney Crosby, who have had multiple concussions. Uh, Not to mention the concussion problem in football. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys uh, 
really end up with troubled lives. I had two serious concussions as a kid, not to relate, not to make myself in any way analogous to an NHL player or an NFL player. But to this, I think it's affected me because I can't make a three. And you have trouble, is it the eights? You got, I can't, and it's up to eights. Now, I can't make an eight. I got to make an eight in two parts. Yep. And I got to make the three in and, two parts. And your eights don't. And I'm, wonder, I'm serious. Yeah. I wonder if that's a concussion deal. And your eights aren't like a snowman up and down. No, they're kind of off to the kinda, side. They're kind of different. They're kind of different. And I can't close my eyes nope. and stand in the shower. I'll tip over. Oh, man. You know, so maybe that's concussion. Who knows? Or maybe I'm just goofy. Could be a combination of all. Say, you guys, the next time you go to Grunhofer's, uh, do yourself a favor. Drive another five minutes north on 61 and stop in at EcoFun Motorsports, where right now oh. they're having the largest back-to-school sale ever in the scooter business. And these scooters are a great way to get around uh, high school and college campuses. It's, uh, it's, they're fascinating. Plus, they get about 120 miles to the gallon. The legal age requirement for a 49cc scooter is 15, and Tim Bloom at EcoFun Motorsports has them. A Race Star 49cc for $12.99. I have a photo for you that, that relates to that story. Oh, yeah? uh, EcoFun Motorsports on Twitter. Yep. I retweeted this from the GL Podcast account. Yeah. Grew up friends with the mayor in White Bear Lake, but moved to Vancouver a few years ago after hearing about us on the GL Podcast. He flew into town to get himself a new Bintelli Fusion electric bike to ride at home. Enjoy your new e-bike, and thanks again for your business. Hod, H-O-D? Well, it's Hod Irvin. I know Hod. Yeah, he's he flew into town and bought an e-bike. I'll be damned. How about that? He got a nice one, too. He was, if he's not still, a part owner of the Wild. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Race Star 49cc, $12.99. Cabo 50, uh, that's $18.99. A Havana Classic 50. These are these, these might as well be Vespas. They're just perfect. Soho 50, $19.99. And uh, full line of Yamaha motorcycles at EcoFun Motorsports. And uh, as I said yesterday, it's really fun to cheat the man. <laughs> you go into that gas station, you spend about a buck and a half, and you're riding for 100 miles on these scooters. And they're uh, they're really good quality scooters. I've seen them and uh, sat on a few when I was up getting my e-bike mm-hmm. in June. Uh and again, if you're going to make a, a Grunhofer run, it's another five minutes up Just Highway right 61 up in downtown Forest Lake, and you'll take a, take a test drive on a scooter or an e-bike. You'll enjoy the hell out of Go it. Go for a spin. Uh, I was going to mention, too, we mentioned the State Fair a couple of times. We're starting to get a lot of email asking where we're going to be, when we're going to be there. The first Thursday, the, the first, very first the, day. The first day of the fair, we're there. When are we podcasting? We will be at the Channel 5 building right, right next to our old location right. from 1230 to 2. 1230 to 2. And we will be there on Friday the 30th from 1230 to 2. Which would be the last Friday of the fair. That's right. So those are the two days we will be doing the show at the Minnesota State Fair. We'll have merch for sale, too. People are asking about merchandise. GL merchandise will be sold at our old location, which is now the Score North Talk Shop. Score North Talk Shop. That will be for sale during the entire run of Mm. the fair, Mm -hmm. from the opening day to the close of Labor Day. So if you're out at the fair and we're not there, you can still get GL stuff. That's right. All right. Uh, we're going to have hats, shirts. Uh, I believe we're bringing back sweatshirts, and we're and we're working on the GL window cling. I I, I hope to hear more about that. We're we're running off time. Well, you know, we yeah. like to. Well, we put the wrong guy in the assignment. <laughs> That's what happened. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it because here's the best part: we're only doing two days. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh yeah. I'll say. And one's a Thursday, Thursday, and one's a Friday. (laughs) 
What the hell is that going to cost me? I, you better be bringing your wallet, I'll have sir. to bring some cash. <laughs> It'll be fun, though. I'm All looking forward to it. All you guys have alligator arms. Yeah, well, I don't, hey, I'll get the next round. Yeah, Because sure we can say will. that because you stay for one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, three molar locations, don't forget. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, where Dad started at 67, 68 years ago. Uh, 50th in France in Edina and Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Go Twins. That's right. Big series this weekend. Yeah. Too. Big series. Say, uh, don't forget, by the way, to rate us on Apple iTunes. We love getting feedback from all of you GLers. And as Joel mentioned, Moeller, EcoFun, uh, Grunhoffers, everybody that's been involved with the Garage Logic podcast have seen Frat, EcoFun, Aquaside, Moeller, Rapid Marine, Grunhoffer. Absolutely. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to be a part of it, uh, just email us. Go to the garagelogic.com website, and there you can submit an email. For the mayor himself, it's been a treat. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Have a good weekend.